thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 152 In loving thee thou nurst I am forsworn, but thou art twice forsworn, to me love swearing, in act thy bed vow broke and new faith torn, in vowing new hate after new love bearing. But why of two oaths breach do I accuse thee, when I break twenty? I am perjured most, for all my vows are oaths but to misuse thee, and all my honest faith in thee is lost. For I have sworn deep oaths of thy deep kindness, oaths of thy love, thy truth, thy constancy, and to enlighten thee gave eyes to blindness, or made them swear against the thing they see. For I have sworn fair, ugh, for I have sworn thee fair, more perjured I to swear against the truth, so foul a lie. That was Sonnet 152 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I am Mark Chatterley and I am joined, as always, by a very plain-looking... Hmm. Yeah, I'm... Thierry Healers. I'm going off you now. You're nothing special to look at anymore. Hmm. Looking at your... It's fine, I'll just hide myself. That's, that's better. Looking at your face every Thursday <laughs> for the past 18 months, you're, you're nothing special. It's not even a Thursday. I know, I know. We're recording. This is really for <laughs> my We are cheating, Mark. It's because... this, is, this is the last time we are doing a regular recording and it's not even on a Thursday. I know. Oh, it's because I've got to take because... my car for an MOT tomorrow. Yeah, you're one of those earth polluters. I'm not. I'm not. My car runs on electricity. <laughs> Fully on electricity. It's the same. Your electricity probably comes from a coal mine. A <laughs> coal mine. <laughs> Uh, that's exactly where it comes from. I actually the famous Cheltenham coal mine. It's, we, I don't know. It's probably even even an electric car powered by a hundred percent coal produced electricity is still better than one driven on petrol. So <laughs> to you, <laughs> Sonic... I don't drive at all. I just walk. Okay, yeah, you're better than me. But I live in a bloody countryside, and you live in a city. Yeah, you couldn't get anywhere without um. It takes me an hour to walk to my nearest town. Uh, well, yeah, village. My nearest village is an hour away. As in village that's on a major... The village I'm in has a shop. A shop and a butcher's. That's it for my village. Is that literally the corner shop, the co-op yeah. around... And you go around wow. the corner from the co-op and there's a butcher's um, and a hairdresser's. So we've got hairdressers as well. But if you want to go into the next village over, which is Stonehouse, then, um, yeah, then it's about an hour's walk. Wow. that I didn't realise that was the only shop, actually, because, I mean, we drove to the big ones, Sainsbury's yeah. and Asta, and I didn't quite realise. That's why. That's why. Wow. But it's fine. I love it here. It's very nice here. It's very, it's very good. We've got two pubs. That's always good. Because, you know, that's more important in a British village. Pubs than amenities. That's, yeah... Well, I mean, I live closer to a pub than any shops. I mean, I live like five doors down from a pub. That's awesome. A chum- there, was a, there was a review in uh, in The Independent, I think, this week about British cities. It just because I go to the pub quiz, to the one on the around the corner. And apparently the um, <laughs> the quiz master just kind of said they, they, um, they were specifically focusing on the affluent part of Roth. Ooh. 
Apparently, I live in an affluent part of Cardiff. Ooh, very with, nice. With the charmingly unreconstructed Claude pub. Does does that mean run down? Like, I don't. It isn't actually run down. <laughs> it just. It looks like it. I'm pretty sure they refurbished it because everything's still kind of. It looks newer than a hundred years of wood, kind of thing. Okay. In in um, in, in some bits at least, <laughs> but it still looks like it could. Th- this exact thing could have been built 150 years ago. It could have been built during Victorian times, which is pretty cool. With two fireplaces in the lounge. Wow, very nice. That does sound very nice. But apparently unreconstructed is, is charming. I don't think they would have used the word charmingly otherwise. Yeah. I, I, I'll have to go there next time I come down. You should. You should come to the pub quiz. We need more people. We're always usually last. Okay. Because it's an old man's pub and it's all questions about the 70s. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't born in the 70s. Who played Jack the Butcher in EastEnders in the... Uh, Episode of January 4th, 1942. He was like, uh, I don't know. Sigourney Weaver. Just... Probably. Sigourney Weaver. What, is Danny, it... Isn't Danny, Danny Dio is in EastEnders at the moment? Yeah, he is. He's apparently doing quite well. <laughs> Just... apparently... Of course he is. That's about the level of acting he can pull off. Well, yeah, apparently he's a very good actor. I mean, his whole character is an act. Danny Dyer is an act, from what, what I can tell. He's like Ali G. What? That's what I've decided. It's all an act. I want to know who the real Danny Dyer is. <laughs> I bet he's... I mean, a... he did the whole... Oh, how? I mean, he doesn't... He did the uh, the BBC Three documentary, I Believe in UFOs by Danny Dyer. <laughs> I is, saw lights I mean, in if the it's sky. An act, it, it's an act like um, uh, Lee Francis's Keith Lemon. He just never comes out of character. Or Stephen Colbert, just always in. Okay. It just... Which would be impressive. If he's just living a persona. Yeah. Just never breaks out. I don't know, or maybe he's not. I I always presumed it was like a character role. But in in the same way that that David Mitchell probably isn't... upper class and 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 as snooty as he makes out it's all part of the act of being him when you go on tv you kind of have to take on a character i might be yeah, i don't know because every time he's on uh would i lie to you just i mean he has a, a switch in his kitchen that he's never flipped on because he doesn't know what it's for <laughs> and he's too scared to do it or his 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 phone wallpaper is an image of his beige carpet that's that's what he looks at when he looks at his phone. Just a photo of a beige carpet, and he just every single time there's a question about his life, you just kind of go, yeah, yeah. He does actually just <laughs> he does sound like the awkward posh. Yeah, just I'm like the common version of him, awkward but not posh. It's not good. Yeah. Oh, let's go on to Sonic One Five Two. We we're not talking about the Sonic. We got we got kind of sidetracked. We did. I'm I'm very sorry about that. <clears throat> This is the concluding sonnet of the um, Dark Lady Dark Lady sonnets. So yeah. this this is the end before the end, which which almost feels a bit like an apology. This does to me. Do you think? Yeah, I mean, my notes just say um, it fills the reader with a sense of unease. 
because we expect a resolution in some way and and or a farewell, but but there isn't one. No, it, it, yeah, it's not a farewell or a conclusion, I suppose, but it's it feels like an apology because he's been really aggressive towards <laughs> her. So it, to me, it feels like he's going. It's the whole people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones or the the um the the what's the christian version of that um judge not lest you be know. judged or punch your neighbor before he punches you yeah <laughs> the the that he was amongst you sin cast the first stone that kind of stuff it's oh yeah it, i would totally walk forward and just grab the biggest rock <laughs> i have not sinned smash your head in <laughs> <laughs> but i have now <laughs> oh that would be the action movie version. Yeah. You will be my first. Yeah, there would be Arnold Schwarzenegger just popping up. Um, but, but he's talking about, you know, he's been accusing her of of various things, and uh, what? But why of two oaths breached? I accuse thee when I break twenty. He's kind of going, I hate you because you've cheated, or I think you've cheated. But then, I've kind of cheated two more times, so I'm gonna shut up now. Yeah. I don't That's a it's a bit of a weird um It's just like counting the cheats. Yeah. It's like Well you've slept with someone and I slept with someone, but then you slept with another one because I slept with someone and and now we're not even anymore anymore and it's just like it's it's all fair if you've cheated the same once, number of times. Yeah, but surely one should be enough, unless it is that kind of open relationship where you can just go off and sleep with other people. But then it's not cheating. It's just weird. Yeah, I I I don't know if it's it's maybe it's not talking about cheating directly. It's kind of I think it's it's talking about oaths, isn't it? Cheating on vows and cheating on oaths and not necessarily cheating on your lover but it's lying and and being deceitful yeah so what he's essentially saying you treated me like shit but i was an even bigger asshole so yeah sorry yeah in a way i think that's what he's saying it's a way of him saying sorry it's like that whole it's not really an apology but it is a thing that people do you know the yeah it's a kind of i'm sorry i got caught yeah which isn't an apology it's Just yeah it's him kind of going i messed up too so i'm going to hate you less but i still think you're evil it's kind of and an by apology by that i am going to be the bigger man yeah well i am going to be the man but you know but not not in a <clears throat> probably because it still refers to the uh, and enlightened thee gave eyes to blindness or made them swear against the thing they see so he's still accusing her of of manipulating him when you could argue the whole series yeah, of Sonics yeah. has, has been one big massive way of him manipulating her that's that's pretty much what he just Shakespeare the narrator whatever it was in the whole neither the fair youth nor the dark lady just ever came across as a likeable person no he th- this person would not be someone I would want to hang out with it's pretty much the epitome of... I mean, we've said it before, but it's pretty much the epitome of the nice guy. Yeah. He just... Women owe him stuff. He's the... Or, or 
lovers or, or potential lovers. Everyone owes him. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's it. He he truly believes that he should be worshipped. He should be loved by other people. And if they're mean to him or nice to him, that's either him deserving it because they're being nice or they're being mean to him in a way to... Because they are mean people and then to punish him. Yeah. And he seems to have this big thing about um, he doesn't like... The meanness he sees from other people, like the the dark lady, is is a way of encouraging him. It, it's it's that whole treat them mean and keep them keen mentality. So he he talks about the dark lady being uh, bristly and and it, the darkness being kind of like an evil inside her. But he loves her all the more for it. He wants to be punished. Yeah. But at the same time... He wants to be punished, you said. Yeah. But at the same time, he wants to be loved and doted and he wants to have sex. And, and it, they should be having sex with him because he's Shakespeare. Why Why wouldn't they want to? And... Hmm. You're not so sure. Yeah. Well, maybe I'm talking it, it, rubbish. No. No, I can definitely see that. Well, it just comes down to the fact that he's not a very nice guy. No. No, he's he's he is clearly not a an actually nice person. Which is a shame. Yeah, well I mean He was beloved Shakespeare himself, even during his own time. So I mean this could all still be this this could be his Danny Dyer. <laughs> This is his character that he's made. Yeah. Yeah, the Keith Lemon of the um, 1600s. <laughs> I I can... Just... Yeah, I can see that. It... Yeah. I just... I'm kind of upset. Because the Dark Lady Sonnets had such promise to be... To be an exploration of the darker side of love. And it didn't really do that, whereas the Fair Youth Sonnets did. The Fair Youth Sonnets kind of got into the whole power imbalance between him and the Fair Youth. At one point, he had no self, self-identity. self His self-identity had been stripped away as if he had, was being brainwashed by the Fair Youth. Yeah, he existed solely through the Fair Youth. The, um, the fair youth. Which is interesting, because from his own writings, the Fair Youth wasn't doing it. He was doing it on behalf of the fair youth. So he had kind of brainwashed himself. Mm. And then the dark lady who we're being told explicitly is evil and bad and brings darkness. We don't get any of that. We just get these kind of, oh, you're a bit annoying. Why do you cheat? Why are you breaking oaths? And it's, I don't know. I feel disappointed. Yeah, there should have been a much stronger reaction to her. Yeah. Or a much more, Justified reactor. Maybe, maybe the darkness in the Dark Lady sonnets is Shakespeare conning himself in, into thinking that this could be a relationship. How do you mean? I mean, the Dark Lady sonnets—they—they they read a bit like nothing has happened between the two. And and nothing will happen. Much like the fair youth in that regard. Yeah. 
But he's kind of... He, from the beginning, he has approached this as... We will sleep together. Yes. And and whether they did in, in the previous sonnet or not... I, I'm still thinking they didn't. But he's just kind of... Created it in, entirely in his mind. That's That's the darkness. It's an obsession... Rather than the fair youth, where he just there was an actual relationship, whether it be friendship or something else, and and he just he got taken over by it and just swept yeah. away. Th- this is more the kind of the stalker darkness of love, the the kind of he's. He's created... not, not even love. It's 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 an obsession. It's not love. It's an obsession. He's created an entire world where she is the evil one because she doesn't actually want him in the real world, and so he's made up all these reasons why and and yeah, I... and, and and imagined what could happen if she did finally realize that she wants to sleep with him. Yes. Okay, I like that. So it, it's a, it's it still carries on that theme of self delusion from the fair youth, but instead of it being a delusion wrought from what he sees as beauty, it's a delusion wrought from what he sees as as darkness. Darkness and and, and love, yeah. I mean, he <clears throat> it it reads like he is considering this to be love as much as he doesn't, or he says he doesn't want this to be love because. It sounds like she's African American, and and he doesn't like the color of her skin because she's not white. Because that was the idea at the time. Yeah. Not even sure if it is racist as such. It probably would be today, but yeah, four hundred years ago, different society kind of thing. But I would. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. The, the darkness is is him becoming obsessed with another person. I like that interpretation. I think that's a very good interpretation. Very good. Well done. I'm glad I'm doing this podcast with you now. <laughs> In like the anti-penultimate sonnet, I have made a valid comment. It took me 152. <laughs> but you got that. Well done. <laughs> and English isn't even your first language. You're such a clever boy. Yeah, I have been speaking it for half my life. I have, yeah, wow. half my life now. That's... I, uh, by the time this is out, I will be slightly older, and I started learning it when I was uh, fourteen. So, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Half my life. And now it's all you speak, because we don't tolerate people not speaking English in England or Wales. Yeah, well, that's Welsh. Yeah, that's a weird language. I actually quite, I still want to learn it and I just need to find a place that actually teaches it properly teaches it which I don't think is going to happen in the UK everything I have heard from all my British friends about how they teach language in this country is like it is no it's no wonder that even the languages that they do teach you in school you come out not knowing a single word yeah or not a useful word we can ask where the library is but you know we won't we won't understand yeah. the answer yeah. and how many times in a foreign country have you had to ask where the fucking library is yeah 
That's that, there's there's a um, uh, there's a French comedian that does that as well, who kind of talks about um, his only sentence that he remembers from English classes. Where is the kitchen? Where is Brian? Brian is in the kitchen. <laughs> Just like that's Eddie Izzard does the exact same sketch in French. He did a French tour to to help with his French, and he, he does oh, this yeah. big thing yeah, about that. the only phrases he learned was the cat is near the chair, the mouse is under the table, and the monkey's up the tree. <laughs> he just does this where is the monkey the monkey is up the tree <laughs> it's it's really funny uh, I like his language I think the Latin one is still one of my favourite ones that anyone has ever done Latin joke where he talks about how um, um, thinking Hannibal managed to uh, surprise the Romans with the animals because Latin is such a weird <laughs> constructed language it's not the place in the sentence that tells you the meaning it's the the ending and depending on if if it if it comes towards you, if it's it's a different word than if it goes away from you, even though it's still the going bit is still the same. And he just has this Roman messenger just kind of saying quo, quad, quo he goes away, so it's an ablative, but he's also coming towards me, so that's a and it's like by the time he, he, he had the sentence out, Hannibal was there with his with his <laughs> elephants and just crushed everyone. And he's just like Yeah. I vaguely remember that. That's very good. Right, I think you should read Sonnet 152. Oh, God. So, is this the end? Of, of, of the, the Dark Lady. Near end. Sonnet 152. In loving thee, thou know'st I am forsworn, but thou art twice forsworn to me love swearing. In act, thy bed well break, and new faith torn, in vowing new hate after new love bearing. But why of two oaths breach do I accuse thee when I break twenty? I am perjured most, for all my vows are oaths, but to misuse thee, and all my honest faith in thee is lost. For I have sworn deep oaths of thy deep kindness, oaths of thy love, thy truth, thy, constin- thy constancy, and to enlighten thee gave eyes to blindness, or made them swear against the thing they see. For I have sworn thee fair, more perjured I, to swear against the truth, so foul a lie. So what he's basically ending saying was like, yeah, pretend you were good looking for a while, but oh god, you're still so ugly. <laughs> that's that's the last thing he says to her, to the dark lady. You really are an ugly bitch. <laughs> I don't think he had it, he put it in slightly more flowery words. <laughs> yeah, but that's 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 the gist of it. Yeah, he's not a nice man. <laughs> Clearly not. That was Sonnet 150 of Shakespeare. 152 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. Jeez. I have been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at ends. <laughs> and I have been Jerry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you next time for Sonnet 153, the penultimate sonnet. Ooh. <sighs> so close. Bye bye. Bye bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.